something about 9, 11 p.m. Wasn't planned a couple days ago. Wasn't planned tonight. It just so happens that it's 9, 11, 9, 1, 1. Now, we all remember 9, 11, 01, 2001, when that crazy incident happened. The Twin Towers were both struck by planes. Those two towers went down, and then the third tower went down that wasn't struck by a plane. That's a whole other discussion. But uh, the, the fact that it happened on September 11th was, uh, looking back in history, uh, it, just odd, right? 911 is what we call for emergencies. 911 is what happened. So now we've we've entered 912. So I've I've spoken for a minute to get people on here, but this is 911, and similarly an emergency. And as the words that I posted for this live stream state, I would have you consider to not become so fearful of dying that you miss living. Think about that for a second. Now, I've had some unique experiences. Was born to teenagers, 17-year-old mother, 19-year-old father, raised around welfare, uh, uh, four divorces and six marriages in my childhood, went to nine different schools by eighth grade. Um, and through that, I'm not saying any of that is me being a worse off scenario than you. Uh, it's, it's all of us grew up in my perspective what we grew up with, we just thought that's what everybody else had. So I didn't realize that I had a unique experience until later on in my life. And you probably experienced the same thing. You grew up with what you grew up with, thinking that's what everybody else grew up with. And then your eyes are open and you're like, whoa, people had different upbringings. All the way from the silver spoon, you know, born into wealth to, you know, extreme poverty and worse. And so the bottom line is we're all dealt the hand of cards that we were dealt. It's up to us to take that hand and make the absolute most of it. There's no excuse. And I'm not a professional card player. I'm not a poker player by a long shot. But I am aware that people can, without making tells, without, without uh, letting others know they have a crappy hand, they can actually project the uh, feeling that they have a tremendous hand and make others fold who have good hands. And lo and behold, someone can win the pot. Someone can win that amazing uh, reward with a crappy hand. And the same thing happens in life. Like it doesn't matter what hand we are dealt. What matters is how we use it. But circling back to this reality of what we're dealing with right now, it seems like, I mean, <laughs> if I'm, I don't think I'm the only one. It seems like we woke, we've woken up inside a Twilight Zone episode or a Black Mirror episode. I mean, that's just what we grew up with and what life was is not how it is, nor how it will ever be again. And so the question is, how can we get some type of grounding amidst the uncertainty to, to know some certain things that can help us be grounded enough to make the proper choices that are right for us, for our family, for our friends, for our future in this moment. And one of the things that I was fortunate to learn while in the United States Marine Corps was the fact of coming to terms with my mortality, right? As a teenager, as early 20s, you know, I joined the Marine Corps at 20 years old. I didn't go directly after high school. I went to college. I dropped out and then ended up in the Marine Corps. But 
in the Marine Corps, it's different than normal work because your life is on the line. You're willing to put your life on the line to protect and serve and defend the Constitution from enemies, foreign and domestic. And in doing so, you're going to be put in situations that, in, you know, in essence, could be a kill or be killed situation. I don't recommend that, but that's just the reality of that particular uh, situation. So part of the Marine Corps helped me uh, recognize my mortality, but I would say not so much because I got out of the Marine Corps. I served four years active duty, and afterwards I was out. I was able to expand my coming to terms with mortality when my mother was diagnosed and gone of cancer at 52 years old in the year 2007. And to me, you know, she was only 17 years old when I was born. She was strong, uh, headstrong, uh, you know, nothing stopped her and invincible. And then when it was diagnosed and she was gone so quickly at 52 years old, and I was there to, to see with my family uh, and be with her there for that last breath. That was an experience that I'll never forget and an experience that helped me understand, you know, just a few weeks ago, she was healthy and, and running around like a chicken with her head cut off, doing her thing. And then here she was deteriorating away with cancer like that and gone. And then just a few short years later, my father was diagnosed and gone at 56 years old in 2009 of cancer. Same thing. Um, healthy, diagnosed, and within a few short weeks, deteriorated to nothing. And had the conversations with my mother and with my father. And that was a really uh, eye-opening experience, uh, to say the least. And then before both of those, I had my own near-death experience, which also helped me recognize my mortality, but also gave me a unique perspective on the second chance. And, and I'm of the belief that all of us can have that second chance epiphany without having to have a near-death experience. And what that second chance gave me is, you know, I'm here by choice. I could have left but I'm still here by choice. And while I'm here, I'm going to make the absolute most of every single moment that I can. Try not to take any moment for granted. Try not to become complacent. Try to step out of my comfort zone and go for the dreams, go for what's planted on my heart to think, say, and do. And that's uh, a continual process. There's times when I'm great at it and there's times when I'm lackadaisical at it and everything in between. And yet my goal and my, my memories from those incidents are this. My last day, my last breath will be here quicker than I want it. Whether that's, you know, none of us. And, and here's the other thing. We all take for granted that we're, we're owed tomorrow. We're owed next week. We're owed next month. Like we have a, a stake that, that's, that's mine to take. Well, the reality is none of us are even guaranteed another minute, another hour. Definitely not another day, definitely not another week or another month. And so, A, if we can detach from that feeling of entitlement, that we're entitled to the remainder of this day, entitled to tomorrow, entitled to next week, next month, next year, next decade, and just come to that realization that every moment is so precious. And what I realized with my parents' deterioration, with my near-death experience where I had to learn to walk and talk again, was when they're in that final moment... That's when the holy crap 
epiphanies occur like, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have suppressed that thing that I knew was mine to do that I just never got to doing. Because every day that's gone is, that's one day less that we have left here. And so I think it's important for us in these unique times to recognize the importance of seizing this moment. Carpe diem, seize the moment. I, nor you, nor anyone that you and I love are going to be here forever. We have a limited time here in this greatest amusement park of the universe that we call life here on earth. The rub of it is we never know when our ticket expires. You know, I have proof of my car accident on Easter morning. My daughter and I driving her to the airport and see a guy jumping around like crazy on the side of the road. I say, what's that? Boom, smack into his truck that he had parked in the middle of the highway after rear-ending somebody a few minutes before we uh, crossed that, that path on the highway. 65 to 70 miles an hour crashing into a parked Toyota Tacoma with no lights on pre-sunrise. Thankfully, we walked away from it. I can just imagine. My daughter laughed. Like, imagine him seeing us getting out of that, that crash. You know, his truck spun around, slid over to the side. Our car, boom, hit, folded like a pancake in the beginning, spun around. And, and, here, and then he sees us get out. Like, holy crap, I thought they were dead. And we walk over and uh, we're okay, thankfully. You know, minor scratch and had some, you know, some things. But she and I are working through it. Um, but that was another reminder. Like, holy crap, we didn't expect that in the morning. None of us, when we jump into a vehicle, expect that may be our last ride. So this all circles back to coming to terms with the fact that we have limited time here in this most amazing and joyous uh, amusement park in the universe that we call life on earth. And when we get caught up in all the distractions, when all of the fear, when all the worry, that can take our attention away from living. That can take our attention away from being present in this moment right here, right now, which is from classic wisdom 2,000 plus years ago, the power of now, you know, the, the, the power of seizing this moment, the power of being fully present, the power of continuously recognizing how brief our journey is here and going for the things that are placed on our heart to do. And, and I know, like I have people that look up to me and like, man, Tom, you got everything figured out. And look, I've, I put a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of commitment into squaring away this mind. And, and by the way, um, yes, I've been the National Bicycle Freestyle Champion. I've been the number one honor man out of United States Marine Corps boot camp. But my platoon uh, chosen as the honor man. I've had three more meritorious promotions in four years while in the United States Marine Corps. I was up for the... Um, uh, rarely appointed award of taking me out of enlisted, sending me to college, bringing me back, putting in an officer candidate school. And uh, uh, the wild twist of events didn't make that, that happen, but it was uh, an honor to be chosen for that. Orange Checkmate Hudson, love Tom Beal. Love you too, my friend. Good to see you. So a lot of people may have heard about my history and the successes. Well, let me tell you, those are a minuscule slice of my life where a majority, a slice of my life was seeking to climb the mountain, having a goal and having a vision and having a dream and going for that 
And, and on that journey, having friends, family, you know, people say, dude, you need to think, you know, don't dream so big. That goal is pretty lofty. Are you sure? And they're doing it not out of spite or not out of anger or not out of any other reason than if you dream big, it scares a lot of people. And it's really, it's no guarantee. You might put all the work, the effort in, and you may not reach that pinnacle, which has happened to me on many journeys. Those are a few. And we always highlight, hey, here's what I've accomplished. The list of what my failures were, <laughs> failures in quotes, the lessons that I learned is huge. And a majority of the life, we, we, you may have heard, and, and if, if you followed any of my teachers, you may have heard the, the, the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle. Those are the 20% of the activities that produced 80% of the results. Like those are the, you know, the small percentage of all the things I've done. The 80%, the majority was preparation. And whether that was preparation that was leading me on the path or preparation heading in the absolute opposite direction to learn the lessons. And many of the lessons were self-imposed um, obstacles that led to me not even believing that I was worthy of achieving those big, hairy, audacious goals, BHAGs that I had. So a lot of it was working on the mind, working on the heart, working on the ability to accept I am good enough. I am worthy. I am someone who will reap what I sow. And when I take these steps with this field, <laughs> this big goal that I have, just like if we were farmers and, and we have a field and we're putting the work in and we, we till the field, we plant the seeds, we cover it up, we water it, we pull the, the weeds, we, we tend to it. It works, right? You put the time in, you put the effort in, you follow the simple strategies and plans and it works. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are on that scale of whatever uh, things that can rate individuals as you sow, so shall you reap. The work you put in will have effects that, as, as that quote says, as you sow, so shall you reap. You sow the proper seeds. You take care of that field. It will produce the results. Now, I'll throw the caveat on Every once in a while, a big storm comes and wipes out the whole thing. And it's out of your control. And that's where you have to work on, uh, as the book says, the book from Dale Carnegie, which is how to stop worrying and start living. There's things that we can control and there's things that we can't control. If you're worrying about something that you can control, well, that's ridiculous. Just control it and stop worrying about it. If you're worrying about something you can't control, equally ridiculous, you can't control it. So stop worrying about it. Just continue sowing the proper seeds, continue taking the proper actions that are right for you to get from where you are to where you want to go, get to living. And with living comes stepping out of your comfort zone. With living means removing the fear, the worry, the pessimists, the people, the haters, right? Haters going to hate, right? Get rid of the haters. Hey, you can still love them. And, and, and you, you know that they're probably doing it. Some maybe out of jealousy, but most maybe to protect you from failing. You know, we don't want you know, you to put all that time, energy, effort and work in and not reach the pinnacle. So they're doing it out of care, out of love for you. And, and so that leads to the other book, uh, the four agreements, two of the four in the middle are the toughest. Never take anything personally 
and never make any assumptions. So people are going to say things, people are going to do things. And a lot of times we can translate that into, well, that relates to me. They're talking about me. Well, never make assumptions and never take anything personally. Sounds simple, not so simple to implement. I mean, those who, who know, know. Uh, and, and it's pretty much everybody. Because why? We take things personally. We make assumptions. And that's life. Lucia. Hey, Tom. Hi, Lucia. Robin Kurt. Good to see you. Look like Santa Claus in that picture, Robin. <laughs> I, have to, I have to open that up quicker. Uh, it's larger to see it. So continue sowing the seeds you know are yours to sow, which the way I teach it is what is yours to do? Do that. Do that. Don't let fear, don't let worry, don't let concern, don't let others stop you from doing what you know is yours to do. I feel each of us have on our heart, this is what's mine to do. And yes, there's a lot of distractions, there's a lot of craziness, there's a lot of things in life. I think more so than ever in history, pulling us away and we have to use the discipline, the determination, the commitment to block that stuff off and get focused on what's ours to do. Remove yourself from the distractions, do the work, sow the seeds, till the, till the soil, plant the seeds, fertilize them, water them, pull the weeds. And obviously that incorporates into the steps necessary to reach the desired outcome that you have, the thing that you know is on your heart. Hey, that's the desired outcome. But I first got to till the soil. I got to plant the seeds. I got to water it. I got to fertilize it. I got to pull the, the weeds out. And then time time. And I'm not sure if, if you're the only one or if, if I'm the only one, but uh, God's timing usually isn't my timing. <laughs> Anyone else notice that? I'm like, yeah, this should take about a week and then two weeks and three weeks and four weeks and five weeks and still sowing the seeds, sowing, you know, as you sow, so shall you reap, sowing the proper actions and not reaping the rewards. Well, there's seasons. And, and going back to that, as you sow, so shall you reap analogy. You can't plant, you can't till the field, plant the corn, water it and fertilize it for three days and come back and expect a field of corn to be there. There's a process of germination. There's a process of the roots taking root and then allowing the corn to, to, to rise above the ground. We can't speed that up. And in many cases, we aren't as familiar with those cycles in the new endeavors that we're, we're seeking to attain. So all we have to know is, as you sow, so shall you reap. I know what's mine to do. I'm taking the proper actions consistently day in, day out. And even though it hasn't yet met my timeline, I know that I'm on the right path. I know that I'm doing what's mine to do. I'm detaching from that outcome. What I found is the more that you're able to detach from the outcome, look, it's going to happen when it happens. But I know right now, here's what my next step is. And I'm willing and able to take that next step. As you take that next step, one after the next, with consistency, you will get from point A to point B. You will get from where you are to where you want to be. I'm in South Florida right now. If I wanted to go to California, I could start walking north and then start walking west. If I was committed and consistent enough, I could reach California just walking. Period. It's going to take time. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take commitment. But I'll get there. Then we get a little more efficient. We could ride a bike. We could 
catch a train, catch a bus, catch a plane, all these other ways to shorten that journey. And we, you know, may start the journey not knowing of those other shortcuts at the time, but taking one step after the next, having one conversation after the next, they'll be brought into your radar. They'll be brought into your field of possibilities. And it's up to you to use your proper discernment and figure out what can I do to get to that desired outcome with the highest degree of probability, possibility, efficiency, effectiveness. And when you combine that with your commitment, with your dedication, with your consistency, you'll get there. Sam England, absolutely, man. And, and look, I don't know if you, you caught the beginning, but I was there for, for my mother's last breath in 19, I'm sorry, 2007 at 52 years old. I was there for my father's last breath at 56 years old, both diagnosed and gone of cancer. And that was a huge eye opener for me. They were both indestructible. They were only 17 and 19 years older than me. That's when how old they were when I was born. And I know you just lost your beautiful wife not too long ago. And these are tough moments and it, and it sucks to recognize that we're immortal. All of our friends, all of the loved ones that we know will be gone in just a few short decades and, and less, and including ourselves, right? So a lot of people get so caught up in the fear and the distractions and the worry that they forget about living. And, and I can say this, after watching both of my parents pass, and then obviously you've had grandparents pass and friends and family and all this, in those last days and last moments, that's when it really sinks in. Like, why did I dawdle? Why did I waste time? Why did I not go for it when I was able to? Now I recognize the clock is ticking and crap. Like, there's not enough time to come back. There's not enough time to go do the things that I thought were mine to do. I died with that book in me. I died with that, that thing that never got to be created. I died with this vision of what I wanted to do for me and my family. Or come to that realization and like, look, shit's going to happen. Bad shit happens. And, and regardless, I'm still going to be consistent to take the actions that I know are mine to take because I know when I'm being escorted out of this greatest amusement park in the universe, I'll be like, wait, wait, I wanted to ride that ride. Wait, I wanted to ride that ride. Well, your time is up. And the last breath is right around the corner. Each of us have it. I mean, geez, I just remember that, that Carpe Diem moment of the moment uh, in Robert, Robin Williams movie, right? He's, he's the teacher at that. I forgot the name. If anyone remembers the name of that movie, great movie, Ben Affleck and whatever, that one of their first movies, I think. And he's looking at the pictures on the wall. Look at these pictures, kids. And these kids are in, in college. He's like, and he starts saying, Carpe Diem. They're talking to you. He, every one of those people in those pictures are gone. Look at them. They're vibrant. They had the world in front of them. They're all gone. I mean, I'm going to have to watch that movie again. I can't remember the daggum name of it. It's a good one. Robin Williams was the teacher. Um, and uh, that's, that's so powerful. Look around. Like, look, this time here we have is absolutely precious. It's the most precious and ever fleeting asset that we have, time. How did you invest your time today? How are you going to invest your time tomorrow? That's all That's all really we can, we can narrow it down to. Did I make a lot of mistakes in the decades that led up to me here? Hell yeah. Am I going to make a lot more? Damn right. 
<laughs> it's just part of life. I have to accept it. Hopefully I'm getting better with my discernment. And thankfully I am of choosing better actions that are not self-sabotaging, that are not harming others that I care for and love, that are on a path that are congruent with the goals, dreams, and desires that I have. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Uh, hey, I feel great. I feel uh, not actually that tired. I I'm going to go to sleep soon, but um, that's kind of the look I have. I'm, I think it's a family thing with the, with the bags and stuff. That's just me. That's cool. Um, but it's funny because I do trainings and uh, there's one woman who always points out, you look so tired. I'm like, thank you. You know, and that's that actually goes back to the, the four agreements, uh, which two of the four agreements are never take anything personally and never make assumptions. I get it. Hey, we all have a look. And, and guess what? Most people are used to seeing me with glasses. So that's another combination because most of the time I have glasses on. And when I do lives like this, I take the glasses off which gives a whole different appearance. And, and yes, this is hereditary. Uh, it's just what I come with. So thank you. And, and in the past, it would worry me or fear and get start sweating or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. And I totally know. Yeah, uh, and this is not like Michael Neal is one of my uh, he, he is amazing. I'm so blessed to have him in my life. And uh, I, I love that every time we cross paths. But this is kind of a cool lesson, though, because stuff's going to happen and, and close friends will say stuff. And in the past, you may have made assumptions or you may have taken it personally. As you can see now, it's just like, yeah, I probably do. <laughs> I probably do. And in a way, I mean, I, I had a joke the other day, like I woke up and I'm like, man, how soon do you have to stay awake before you can take a nap? I just felt tired when I woke up the other day. Right. And I'm like, how soon, how long do you have to actually be awake to go take a nap? Cause I feel tired. But anyhow, Life goes on. And, and that's the other thing. Hey, guess what? Sometimes, well, well, let's let's talk about that. Like in the old days, I was of the impression, you know, I'll sleep when I die. You know, like I'm going to work and work and work. And I, I became that workaholic. I neglected my health. I neglected my relationships. I neglected the relationship with myself, with the other key family and friends, and just dove into the work and got great results. But there came a point in 2010 that I actually looked in the mirror and it was like, what the hell happened to you? I was fat compared to, you know, I grew up wrestling, so I was always skinny. Uh, I am way, <laughs> I'm way past my bedtime. I'm usually in bed very shortly. It's just, just one of these moments. So Wanda's out there talking with one of her old friends from uh, Puerto Rico. So you know what? I'm going to jump on live and share some wisdom, talk with some friends. And uh, so Back in the day, I was a workaholic and I, I bragged about how hard I worked. Now, this is a great, I, I rarely tell this story, but this is a great lesson. So this was back in 2001 and I had just moved from Rochester, New York to Charlotte, North Carolina to be the publisher of the North Carolina Homebook for anyone looking to build, remodel, or decorate their million dollar plus home in Charlotte, Greensboro, or Raleigh, Durham, working with a billion dollar publishing company. And I wanted to make my mark. Like I've been number one in multiple sales organizations. I want to be number one in this organization. And I did accomplish that numerous times. But I was working like a madman, 7 a.m. till many times 10, 11 at night. And so I'm, I'm having a conversation with one of my friends who actually worked with Jim Rohn and worked for Jim Rohn when Tony Robbins did back in the late 70s. And uh, I heard lots of great stories about, you know, Tony just, Tony was on fire, just talk about dedication and commitments, you know, while everyone's out partying, he's studying in his room. Like it was just crazy. But anyhow, 
this guy, uh, Ricky, Ricky Rainbow, and I were having coffee in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm telling him, and, I, and by the way, I just had my first child. This was in February 22nd of 2002, my first child was born. So this must have been around March of 2002. And I'm having this, this conversation with Ricky. And I'm telling him, yeah, man, I'm, I'm in the office from 7 a.m. till about 10, 11 at night sometimes. Like, man, he's like, huh. He's like, Tom, I can tell you're, you're saying that, wanting me to pat you on the back because society kind of looks good upon what I consider workaholism. And he said, let me ask you this. Didn't you just have a new child? I said, yeah, my son was born February 22nd. He's like, huh. And you're working seven in the morning until 10 or 11 at night. How much time are you seeing your new child? And it was like a dagger through my heart. At the time, like tears just started flowing. I said, not that much. Like, yeah, I, I pretty much guessed that. He said this, and, and by the way, I had just been married uh, a few months prior as, as well. So you got your new wife, you got your new child, how much time you spend with them. And it was like a dagger to my heart. And he said this, this was a great challenge. He said, anybody, if they're working like that, should have results. So it doesn't impress me that you have results working like that. He's like, what would impress me is if you were able to get the same results in half the amount of time that fried my mind because I grew up like you have to, you have to work hard. If you aren't working hard and if you aren't putting in the 10, 12 plus hour days, you're not desire, you're not deserving of the success. Well, that's a fallacy. And he put, he shattered that fallacy for me. If you want to impress me, get the same results in half the amount of your time. How are you going to do that? Whoa. And that led to what we all in, in this group here of amazing people, uh, know that we live the life that we're currently living based upon the questions that we're currently asking ourselves. So he asked me this new question. I didn't reject it. I actually embraced it. I said, you know what? I don't know how that's possible, but I'm going to go figure out how that can be possible. How can I get the same results in half the amount of my time? And I accepted that question. I accepted that challenge and was able to do it. And that led me to becoming more efficient, more effective in future projects. I did slip back into some workaholism after that. But uh, I was given that reminder uh, again and applied that again. And uh, it's, it's, you know, my life has not been one straight trajectory. It's been, it's been a roller coaster, uh, personally and professionally. And, and a lot of it was due to my own uh, self-sabotage, not feeling I was worthy and deserving of certain levels of success that I had attained. Whole different story, whole different topic, but we'll get into that in some upcoming discussions. But what I would le like to leave you here today, this evening is, think about that powerful question that my friend Ricky posed to me. What would you have to do to get the same results that you're getting in half the amount of your time? And I'll state this, because I, I remember being at that moment and kind of in my mind thinking, well, that's impossible. Well, that leads to the quote from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So if you think it's impossible for you, it is impossible for you. But if you would reframe that to say, what if that's possible for me? What would that look like? How could I achieve the same results in half the amount of my time? And then take it a step further. What would I do with that remainder of time that now is freed up? Because that's another powerful thing, especially for successful people, for people that have achieved a certain level of success. Because when that new 
time frees up. It's, in my opinion, best to have ideas of where to allocate that and how to make that another investment of, uh, of your most precious asset of time. Where, in, that, in my opinion, can you reinvest that into the areas that you had been neglecting while you were in that workaholic mode? Now, for me, that was my health and my relationships. So I did accomplish that and was able to repurpose that time and put it back into an investment into my health, taking the proper steps and an investment into my key relationships. And it transformed my life numerous times, not just in that scenario, but numerous times since. And it's transformed many others since uh, I've been fortunate and able to share that with many people. So there we have it. That's a powerful story, hopefully uh, helpful for everybody. Um, so, yep, already way past my bedtime, as we discussed, uh, Nashville Milo, Sam, I love it. So true. Absolutely. Um, Oren, four agreements, be impeccable with your words. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your very best. Absolutely. Do a Google search, get the book. If you do a Google search for the four agreements, You'll find a cool image that shows the four different uh, quadrants, basically. And uh, the, the, most people are pretty good being impeccable with the words, man or woman of their words. They do what they say and they say what they do. And many always are committed to doing their very best. The two that I found were tough for me and others was don't take anything personally and don't make any assumptions. <laughs> That's taken some work and I'm still a work in progress on those and the others. But I've got a pretty decent handle on uh, being impeccable with my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Uh, it's a very rare situation and, and you know worthy of calling and checking in to see if I promise something that wasn't delivered. And always doing my best. Everything I do, I, I put the stamp of me on it. And all the way back to when I was in high school, cleaning bathrooms. They could tell, oh, Tom must have cleaned this because it's impeccable. It's awesome. Right. That's you know, I would encourage each and every one of you here to, to study the four agreements and make that level of commitment. Anything that you do, make sure people are like, oh, that must have been so and so. You know, that was definitely Oren because this is perfect. You know, this all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. There's nothing that we can go back and say, well, you missed this. Oren, Oren's on the job. Anyhow, so that's it. So circling back to the statement that I believe I typed leading to this. I would have you consider not being so afraid of dying that you miss out on living. Our time here is brief. Whether we live to be 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 120, when we get escorted out of this greatest amusement park in the universe, and we have those that last day, and we have that last breath, my hope is that us here, us crossing paths with this message, have the feeling like we did, we did it. We hit all the rides we wanted to hit. We had more fun doing what we did than anybody. Like we rocked it. I don't have any regrets. Yeah, sure. Maybe I said and did some things, but hey, we went for it. And, and you know, that my five, I want to high five the people that were here with me in this amusement park because we went for it. Dan Stanley, Braveheart. Yeah. And freedom, right? Freedom. If we are sovereign beings, the government doesn't own our body, the state doesn't own our body, we own our body. We own our thoughts, our words, our actions. And we can put ourselves in self-contained cells 
or we can live. It's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I live my life based on joy, adventure, and passion. Everything I do comes with joy, adventure, and passion. And I bring it. And, and I, I have surprises. I have situations that I'm like, crap, I didn't see that coming. And I have moments where I have to go get regrounded. But I try to do it. And I have systems in place that work for me and have helped many of my clients not let that take a day, not let that take several days or a week or it be, you know, it's like, look, okay, well, shit, I didn't see that coming. Now what? Okay. And I'm talking serious, like complete businesses wake up, gone. Shit happens, right? And, and that helped, helped me build more faith, build more trust in the law of sowing and reaping. And, and literally just, you know, uh, I have a conversation with God all the time. Another powerful one here. Uh, regardless of what your religious beliefs are, here's, here's one of the conversations I have all the time, especially when surprises happen, when things happen that I didn't foresee. The plan was in place. You know, I tilled the soil, I planted the seeds, I watered it, I fertilized it. Crap, the, the crop got wiped out. What happened? And uh, here's the conversation. God, creator of all, talking to me, asked this. Hey, Tom, do you trust me? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, there you go. No need for worry. No need for fear. No need for stories. No need for going back and searching through the, the 10 years that led up to that surprise. It's like, hey, do you trust me? Yeah, looking back. I can see in my life how the quote, every adversity carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit has proven to be true time and time again. So in the moments that I feel here's a big adversity, hey, do you trust me? Yeah, I do. Okay. Get back to doing what you're yours to do. Discern. Become clear on what's yours to do. Because keep in mind, you know, there's busy work and that's the 80% of activities that only produce the 20% of results. What's the, the 20% activities that can produce the 80% of results and a, a level deeper. What's the 20% of that 20% that can get you 80% of that 20%. So out of a hundred things, that would be five of those things get you 64% of the way there. It takes time. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. It takes discernment to figure out what those are, but you become good. And just like working out, you become a master at, well, here's what's mine to do now. Oh, that's done. Here's what's mine to do now. That's done. Here's what's mine to do now. With joy, with adventure, with passion. And life kind of flows. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Live it. Go for it. Watch how this dream is able to be influenced by your gaining clarity, by your taking the actions that you know are yours to take with commitment, with dedication, with consistency, and have fun. Because we all get escorted out of this thing. And my hope is that when I and when you get escorted out of here, boom, we freaking went for it made the most of it. We did what was ours to do. Go do that.
Now, I have a podcast. You can find more insights at maketodaygreat.com. Finally, put some gear up where you can get some cool things like stickers and t-shirts and other things like that. You can go to maketodaygreat.com, see how to get that. It's maketodaygreat.com forward slash gear. But uh, go for it. Now is your time. Step up. Step out of your comfort zone with joy, adventure, and passion, and make today great. I'll talk with you soon. Thanks for joining me this evening. Love you all. Let's kick some butt. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go dream in the dream. In 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 what's what's that? Uh, what was that movie? Matt Damon. All right. Chat with you soon. Bye for now.